Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Journey to Success Radio today. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm the founder of uh, Journey to Success Radio. I'm the world's most well-known Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and also the creator of the Journeys to Success book series. I'm located in Toronto, Canada, and uh, my guest today is a fellow Canadian and uh, lives nearby as well. The uh, guest today is Kevin Donald Cooch. Did I pronounce that right, uh, Kevin, the last name? Yes, you did, Tom. Perfect. Kevin is a husband, a father, and a Canadian businessman currently living in Waterloo, Ontario, which is a really cool area of uh, Ontario. We got a lot of young people, a lot of university people, and a lot of exciting things happening in that Waterloo, Ontario uh, area of Canada. Kevin was born in the small town of Peterborough, Ontario, located about an hour and a half northeast of Toronto, raised by loving parents and akin to an older brother and a younger sister. Kevin enjoyed growing up in a small town. He was educated at Sir Sanford Fleming College in his hometown of Peterborough, where he spent three years and received a diploma in electronics engineering, specializing in telecommunications. He started his career at a small interconnect company in Peterborough and later moved to Waterloo uh, region in 1996 to continue growing in his career. He's still in the telecom industry. Uh, today, and he currently owns and operates a high-tech sales and consulting business named Strategy Global Inc., located in the Waterloo region. He specializes in unified communications technologies, as well as multi-site networking and structured cabling. And we're going to find out what that's about, because I'm not even sure myself. Welcome to the show today, uh, Kevin. Hey, thank you very much, Tom. Appreciate being here. Now, that's a huge industry, telecommunications industry. Uh, uh, was there a lot of thought that went into getting into that or was it like a first job that came along or how did you, how did you end up in that industry? It's a ginormous industry and it seems to have taken to you because you've been at it a long time now yourself. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's one of those things. I never set out to be in the telecom industry. I didn't even know what that was until my second year of college, actually. Um, like most young boys, or I, a lot of young boys, I guess, I wanted to be a police officer. You know, you kind of idolize the, the man in uniform, and um, that was really my path. I started working uh, job in security. I was the mall cop, you know, and, and put my time in there, and uh, really that was my, my goal, was to become a police officer. I started in uh, a law enforcement course at Sir Sanford Fleming in Peterborough as well. 
Um, and it was funny because I, I studied, I, as I started to study, um, I was taking courses like psychology and sociology and I'm thinking, I just want to go to the gym and work out and run and put a uniform on and those types of things. And, uh, so I, it didn't hold my interest and, uh, I decided, well, what can I do now? And I thought about moving into the field of electrical and becoming an electrician. Uh, so I switched majors at that point. I did a year in law, of law enforcement. I switched majors and I started out um, taking the electronics engineering technician program. And through that first year, there was actually a seminar on telecommunications. I had no idea what it was, but it was a mandatory seminar. And I remember sitting in the crowd and somebody saying to me, okay, this is what we're going to do next in this industry. We're going to take telephones and computers and we're going to marry them up. And you're going to be able to talk on your computer like it's a telephone and you're going to be reading caller ID and popping stuff on the screen so you know who your customers are. And it, the, the seminar and the presenter, and I wish I knew who it was at the time, um, blew my mind. And I, I guess the rest is history. I had the bug and I specialized my second year in that program in telecommunications. And uh, to this day, I'm still in it, run my own company in sales and consulting. And uh, it's been 20 plus years now that I've been in the industry. Never look back. Is there a short, short definition of the telecommunications industry uh, to give people an idea? Uh, because it is such a ginormous industry, but people don't always recognize what the word telecommunications means. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you can actually break the word down into two kind of separate categories. Um, tele being telephone uh, is kind of where it started out. Uh, communication, so it's really the communication piece of the word kind of expands on not just being telephones, communications today, and, and actually they've, they've transitioned from telecommunications to unified communications, because really it's a world of how do people talk to people, and how do uh, today people talk to computers, how do computers talk to computers, and really telecommunications is really that, that transaction of um, communication. I like it, and as you said, I've heard the word unified communications more and more often. Uh, recently so it's like oh my god another kind of communication I gotta <laughs> figure out what it is okay well ginormous industry but you summed it up pretty well there now uh, you're going to be we talked about or I talked about when I uh, opened the show about the journeys to success book series and uh, the next one coming out is the sales professionals edition both of us have a passion and an interest in sales uh, I got into it when I was very young how did you get into a, a sales role yourself? Because those are often interesting stories. They're often totally happenstance, but they often help people to see that, hey, I love sales and this is a, uh, this is a true profession and a calling for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me, I've always had a respect for sales. I know there's, you know, the, the, when people think sales, sometimes they think, oh, they, they use car salesmen and there's no disrespect to that profession. But you know, like, or the slimy salesman, or they're just trying to sell right. me something. You know, there's a lot of times there's a negative connotation. I never had that. I always had a, a genuine respect for salespeople bringing business through the front door. That takes, it takes a lot to build trust with people and with customers and, and businesses. Um, and I always saw that. So uh, while I was a technician and I worked my way through support and I was an architect in the engineering department, you know, I did a lot of technical roles and was always brought in by sales as a technical advisor. Um, and, and always having that respect, it was always in the back of my mind, Hey, you know, 
how, how is it to be a salesperson? Or I wonder what it'd be like to be a salesperson or what's a day in the life of a salesperson. And then, and I don't remember who it was. Uh, somebody had said to me, actually, the people in the company that make the most amount of money and the least amount of money are salespeople. And I remember hearing that statement and it struck <laughs> me and I thought, wow, am I ever intrigued? What does that mean? You know, and you know, that kind of played around in my head a little bit. And um, believe it or not, I used to work at a large um, telecommunications company, large carrier. And um, I decided to quit my job in the technical world and transition to sales and launch my own company. And I had never been in a sales role before. My first introduction to sales was actually launching my own sales and consulting company. So some people say I'm crazy, but I think I just had a natural passion for it and intrigued by it. And uh, it's been working out for me. I've been in business now for a few years and I've uh, found a lot of success and I've enjoyed the journey as well. Nice. Uh, that's the exciting part that you've enjoyed the journey because sales can certainly be a journey and an up and down journey for sure. And uh, not for everybody, not for everybody. Now, one thing I've always loved about sales is that it can give you the earning power to pursue uh, your real interests and real passion and real hobbies in life. And, and that's what a definite purpose should do as well. Uh, if you're a Napoleon Hill fan and you have a definite purpose, it allows you to earn that extra money, be passionate about something so that you can really pursue uh, you know, your interests in life. So outside of business itself, um, rarely do I like talking about business if I meet someone one-on-one. -on -one. What are your passions? What are your hobbies? What gets you excited? Uh, what, what gets you thinking about it during the middle of the day when you should be thinking about something else? Yeah, you know what? It's funny, Tom. You say rarely do you talk about business. Um, I'm one of the odd ones that if I, if I get an opportunity to engage with people and talk business, that's actually a passion of mine. I, I love, I'm also a, a big fan of Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich and a big fan of Life by Design. Um, and I think I'm a natural business person. I love corporate structuring and, and financing and all those challenges. And, um, you know, so oddly enough, one of my passions is business. And I'm fortunate for that. I think um, a lot of people, it might take a lot of effort. For me, it's, it's really effortless to be in the business world. I just have a natural passion for it. Um, and I think uh, outside of business, really, I'm, I'm a family man. I, my wife and kids keep me busy, my extended family. Um, I, really, I really have a passion for family and sales allows me. Uh, my son always gets freaked out when I, you know, I call him up at 2.30 because I know he's off school and I say, hey, let's go grab a coffee. And he's, you know, oh my God, how come all these other parents are working and you can go grab a coffee? Um, <laughs> And through technology and unified communications, I'm empowered to, to you know, have that freedom. Uh, but also being in sales, you know, I can set expectations accordingly and I can spend that time with my kids and my wife and uh, stuff like that. So I like it. And I don't think that uh, parents promote sales enough to kids as a career option. Uh, look at this. Like you have freedom during the middle of the day. Uh, even presidents of companies, as you were saying earlier, some of the people who earn more than presidents are salespeople. And sometimes those same salespeople have time at 2 p.m. or 2.30 to call their son and make that a priority in their day. Uh, to start a business, be a president of a business or CEO of a business takes way more than that. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, with the economy the way it is and things the way they are, that parents will start opening up to suggesting sales as a career for their children. It's a, 
it's a, it gives you freedom of time if you uh, are good at it it gives you freedom of a lot of things because you can make a lot of money absolutely I agree. Now, Kevin, uh, one thing, oh yeah, well, we'll get back to thinking grow rich later. You got me excited yeah. talking about that one. But one thing I find with so many people uh, is that there's often one thing or one event, significant in, event in their life that shakes them up, brings them to the rock bottom, to the end of their rope, and, and forces them almost to make immediate changes on, on their life. Uh, have you come across that point in your life yet? Uh, I have that. Uh, well, I love the title of the book journeys to success um, because life is truly a journey. And if you approach it that way and really appreciate that fact, um, you really get to see life. You know, like I heard another phrase, life happens for you, not to you. Mm. Um, I'm an avid reader and I pull all these phrases out. I think one person called me once the one line guy, you know, I'm always pulling these phrases out. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> right? Um, but definitely life happens uh, for you and not to you. But when you're going through those moments and sometimes looking back on moments in life, um, you know, you, you look at your story. I believe everybody has a story to tell. Uh, my story, um, just in, in a nutshell, and you're talking about and asking about the event. When I was um, growing up, I grew up in low income housing. I grew up in Ontario housing in Peterborough. And my parents uh, didn't make a lot of money. My dad was a sheet metal worker and a uh, fantastic man, uh, but, you know, low income. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom and babysat kids. And their claim to fame is actually they had 60 or 61 foster children come through the house as well. So amazing people, lots of love. And, and that's really what I got a lot of nurturing growing up. And uh, But it was funny because as a child, I used to see a lot of my other friends, um, they owned homes, you know, they lived around the corner or a street over and they owned homes. And I always dreamt of, of uh, moving into our own house. And unfortunately, my mom got into a car accident. Um, it, was a, it was a serious accident and she got a settlement. Uh, and through that settlement, we were able to buy a house. Um, of course, elated, um, we moved into this new house, just I'll collapse timeframes here, but moved into the new house. Year after we moved in, my dad lost his job. Uh, my parents started hitting rocky roads, money problems, and two and a half years after moving into that house, you know, getting the house wasn't the significant event. <laughs> getting the house was a great, a great situation, but the significant event that really rocked me to the core was, uh, you know, two and a half years after getting the house, uh, my parents ended up, um, the financial situation, they couldn't handle it. Um, they ended up going through divorce. The bank took our house and, you know, myself and my two siblings and my parents kind of scattered and kind of went our own directions in life. Um, and having your world taken from you like that and, and really that, that event you're talking about shook me to the core and I made kind of a promise to myself that I would provide myself with the security, the financial security, the roof over my head. And, uh, you know, at the age of 17, I went to the bank and said, what can I invest in? And, you know, one of my passions is, is investing in, in real estate and all that other stuff as well. Um, but I really, at that point, I, you know, I was investing in T-bills at 17. I was working three jobs to put myself through college and I, I wasn't a good student, but I knew if I can get through college, get a decent job, I can make more money. And so it really was the driving event in my life to get me to be such a motivated person. Um, I don't need external things. I'm not working for that car. I'm not working for the big house or anything. I'm working for security and, and what's when I finally got the security in my own life, which is me, and I constantly invest in my asset, my own brain, um, it really gave me 
a means to, to relax and live life now. And I, and I love life. And another one of my passions is music. You know, I've been playing the guitar for over 20 years and singing and songwriting and stuff like that. And um, so now through me providing me with my own security and my family security, I can kind of relax a little bit and enjoy my life and my passions and family and business and things like that. So that was a significant event for me. And my family's still very close. My parents are best friends now, which is amazing. You know, we've all kind of come out of that event unscathed, but um, I think we, we all took lessons from it. And uh, that, that was certainly a big one for me. Wow, amazing. And uh, <clears throat> one of my good friends, uh, Milos Polarovic, his definite purpose is very simple. It's to be the best husband and father he could possibly be. And I was like, Milos, you're a talented man. You could earn a lot more money. You could, you know, live in a nicer place. You could, a lot of things you can do because he is a good, sharp, talented person. And he said, listen, if I make decisions being based on being the best husband and father, think of the decisions that affects me in my life and what I may or may not do because of that. And he said, you know, that really is my purpose. And finally, I had to agree with him. That's, I thought it was too simple at first, but I think someone like yourself that's gone through what you've been through can probably say that a good portion of your definite purpose is, is to be the best husband and father you can be because part of that is provider and security and, and making sure in the future that you and they have everything they need to be the best they can be. And so I think your life experiences brought you to the point probably where your purpose is, as you said, not about cars and houses and big toys and fancy things. It's more about uh, can my wife and kids and I sleep well tonight? Do we have the security we need to pay our bills? And, and am I making a contribution to the world? And uh, I think life has brought you to a good place. You, you've gotten far enough on the journey now that not only are you good at mastering the sales and the business part and making money, but you've also been through the challenge enough to know what's important in life. And, and it's not those cars and those houses most of the time. And so nice that you've been able to come to that. And uh, that even the, the event that brought you to this realization ended up working out in the end. As you said, your parents are best friends now, and you've all been able to move through that, that one challenging event in your life. Now, you talked about reading. You got me all excited there. <laughs> you mentioned Thinking Grow Rich and Napoleon Hill, and we know you've read that. And you mentioned another one, Life by Design. Is that just a concept or a book? Or uh, No, Life by Design is a, is a concept. <laughs> A lot of people talk about that. I'm a big Tony Robbins fan and Tony Jiri fan, and um, uh, who wrote uh, Four Hour Work Week, uh, Timothy Ferris. Ferris, yeah. You know the the new rich and and just different concepts. And um, I'm a big believer in um, uh, you know making distinctions in life helps you make better decisions, and the decisions that you make in life really drive what kind of life that you have. You know, um, and that's a, that's a big thing for me is I'm, I'm forever looking for those distinctions. I love when the light bulb goes on and my mind is, is really open. And, and when that light bulb goes on, I make a distinction. It allows me to, empowers me really to make better decisions for my life moving forward. And I do like the cars and houses and all this other stuff. And I do strive to, to get those things in my life. My guitar collection's growing. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do understand that my happiness is not about the external things and, and life is not about the external things. It's, it's really about your internal self. And when you can fill yourself up, you can 
you know, when you run it over, you can then help other people and be there for other people and, and build a legacy. And hopefully that legacy is going to include, you know, having a, having a good impact on the world and the people around you. Right. Right. Amen. Amen. So you've been through life enough and challenges enough and often all we get is a chance to give someone one piece of advice. One thing that, you know, what, what's that one piece of advice that you would give someone who wants to be successful? Uh, have you been able to distill it down into that one piece uh, so far? Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult to sum it down to one thing. It's very difficult to, to give one piece of advice, but I think one recipe or one, one ingredient to the recipe to success is for me, it's persistence. Uh, that never give up attitudes. Uh, I know that I've had several opportunities in my life to give up and to, to just stop doing what I was doing. And um, I chose not to. And I think persistence is something that you have to have at the core. Uh, also learning, I think, um, again, it's, it's not one thing, it's, it's a few things, but um, so continuing to have that persistence, continuing to learn, uh, it's funny because another another quick story. I remember my dad is a sheet metal worker. When he lost his job, he he was actually given an opportunity by the owner of the company to help move a lot of the equipment to Montreal, which is where the head office was, which is where the work was kind of going to move to. Um, and and I'm just I'm going to come around to talking about imparting wisdom here. And I remember the owner of the company asked me to hey jump in the car with me and your dad can follow us. Um, and when I got into the car with him he was a very successful businessman and he said to me, remember this, that apply, no, remember this, knowledge is power, is what he told me. And I said, wow, you know, I was, I was at the time, I was about 16 years old and I'm thinking knowledge is power and I hated school, <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking knowledge is power. Well, I want power. If I want power, I've got to, I've got to have knowledge. Well, school is knowledge and I, I didn't really know how to relate the phrase. Right. So, until later I started to learn more and read more and I'm thinking, wow. And then anybody that would listen to me, I'd say, Hey, knowledge is power. That was kind of my, you know, me imparting wisdom on them. And then I remember sitting in a seminar at one point and somebody said to me, you know, a lot of people in this world believe that knowledge is power and that's absolutely wrong. You know, and, and again, it was one of those moments <laughs> where I just rocked to the core and I thought, what are you talking about? You're I mean, right. This is wisdom to me. And uh, he said, actually, no, he says, um, knowledge is important, but the power comes when you apply the knowledge. So the statement has to, has to be changed to applied knowledge is power. And, and I mean, that was another one of those moments where it was like, wow, like that is a distinction that is now going to help me make better decisions moving forward. I can gain all the knowledge I want in the world if I don't do anything with it. And I don't take that first step or step on the first step of the staircase without seeing the rest and having that, you know, that faith, um, I'm not going to get anywhere and I'm not going to have that success that I, that I strive for every day. So, um, yeah, I think one of the things is persistence and, and really look for those distinctions to help you make better decisions. Keep learning. Right. Exactly. I love the persistence. Uh, well, especially if you're in sales, if you're persistent, you could just wear someone out pleasantly, but eventually you're going to make the sale. And so uh, I love that part about persistence. Let's talk about Napoleon Hill. How old were you when you were introduced to Think and Grow Rich? Or was there someone special that said, hey, Kevin, you got to start with this book here? Uh, who introduced you to it? And what was your impression the first time you read it? Uh, that's funny you say that the first time because I've read it, I think, four times now. <laughs> yeah. And I, 
and I'm going to get the audio book because I'm a big believer in those. I'm, I take, you know, I'm on audible.com and I've got my books and stuff. And, um, but, uh, it, I actually, I, I stumbled upon it. Um, maybe one of my mentors, I have several mentors. I have a life coach. I'm a big believer in, in mentorship and coaching, um, to help me be the best version of myself that I can be. Um, uh, but I think it was, it might've been through a mentor of mine that said, you know, or maybe in passing, I have a, a habit of when somebody mentions a book, I grab my pen. I've always got a pen and paper around and I write these book titles down and I'm one of the crazy ones that actually goes and buys the book and sits down and reads it. I love reading. So yeah, it's just done. I've done well with reading. So, um, but yeah, my first impression of thinking grow rich. And I think it was just somebody mentioning it in passing. I wrote it down, picked it up <laughs> naturally who doesn't want to be rich. And if I can just think and grow rich, then why not? Um, but obviously the concepts are much deeper than that. And, uh, uh, well, they're simple and it, it's simple, but not easy is what one of my mentors says. Um, yeah, my impression was amazing. Um, my first time through it, I thought incredible book. I kind of get what they're getting at, but I think I missed more than I got, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and I'm a big believer in reading books multiple times because as you, as you carry on with your life and you learn more and you're really receptive and open-minded to learning, I think uh, you really do change your lens and it's really the lens that you have and the way that you think that allows you to, you know, absorb information differently. Right. Right. And that's why the rereading of think and grow rich and other, there's probably five or six core books that I reread every year among the 40 I read uh, just like think and grow rich. I'm probably on 30, 35 times reading wow. it now just because there's so much knowledge in there and you're at a different point when you're reading it and you're and you know, you're thinking different ways when you're reading it each time. And so I like that idea that you go back to books and reread some of them. Uh, they're just, they're so valuable that you almost have to reread them to extract all the, the wisdom and the knowledge that you can use from them. Absolutely. Repetition is uh, the mother of all skills. So right. definitely rereading and, uh, you know, I, I like it to learning, you know, just about anything like learning the guitar, you know, your fingers are sore. And if you just keep going and, you know, your my fingers aren't supposed to do that, but then you get your fingers to do that. And, you know, you're just constantly repeating and, and doing something over and over and over until you get it. And when you get it, there's the, they're just monumental moments in your life. It really change and shape the way that you live your life. So right. definitely repetition, reread and big fan of that. I think the repetition moves it from knowledge to the power part because now you're, if you reread it a bunch of times, you're bound to apply a number of things that are in it. And so I think that's really where the application comes in. <laughs> what about, the, excuse me, what about the world of sales? Are there any particular sales books or sales ideas or processes or uh, uh, things that you use in your sales career? uh, that you've, that have come from books or trainers or mentors as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, actually the book that, that got me to quit my job and start my own company, uh, was called 10% happier. Um, oh, yeah. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, that's, um, uh, I could reach on my shelf behind me, but, uh, Dan Harris, that 10% happier by Dan Harris. He's the, he was one of the, the, um, hosts of good morning America, I believe. Um, and basically, uh, his book was, um, about, uh, so 10% happier is just, 
his philosophy is don't strive to, you know, don't strive for that euphoria, just strive to be 10% better, you know, just, just do what you got to do to be 10% better, be more aware, you know, he, he goes through all these concepts. Um, so that was one of the books I read actually. And it was, sorry, it wasn't that book that made me transition into my own company. It was a book called good to great. Oh, um, nice. And that was more focused around, I guess I can attribute that more to sales, but uh, it's kind of a business book. You could attribute it to sales. And his whole concept was get the right people on the bus, get the wrong people off the bus and then get the right people that are on the bus in the right seats, you know, and um, that book actually made me take a look at myself and my role in the organization that I was with. And I looked at that and I thought, okay, am I on the right bus? If I think I'm on the right bus, am I in the right seat? And what I, what I boiled it down to was, I don't think I'm on the right bus. Not that it was a bad company. It's a fantastic company, but it doesn't fit me. And am I in the right seat? And my personality, when I started doing these personality tests and everything, I realized it's not really my personality. So I'm, I'm sticking myself behind the, the computer every day and I'm, I'm working with technology and these inanimate objects and I'm really a people person. And, and sales speaks more to being a people person. So I, I, that book, Good to Great, which would, oddly enough was given to me by my manager at the time. <laughs> so <laughs> he was a little shocked when he gave me this book and I wrote him an email after reading it saying, hey, this was a fantastic book and I've made some decisions for my life. And by the way, this is my resignation. <laughs> so, uh, but he was a remarkable man and um, you know, he supported my decision and he supported me through the whole process and we had a good succession plan put together and then I transitioned into... Um, what I am doing now, which is uh, running my own sales company and having some great partnerships across the country and all that good stuff. So nice. Well, you know that uh, Napoleon Hill in a lot of his writings, uh, any of his writings on the mastermind group, he always spoke about how the spouse is the most key mastermind member. And he always mentions uh, Henry Ford and Thomas Edison as his prime examples of that. Uh, talk about that in your own uh, life uh, because to be an entrepreneur and a salesperson and run your own business uh, often requires a wife that has different patient skills and different levels of <laughs> things that other wives may not have or spouses may not have so talk about how your wife has been important to your mastermind group to your career to your sales career to your business yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great question, a great observation, and I think it, it's it's a, a fundamental thing when you're when you're going to be when you make the decision to be an entrepreneur, you make the decision to you know kind of do your own thing and and take on that extra risk. Uh, you have to have a spouse that's understanding. And the odd thing was, my wife did it before I did. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was actually the understanding spouse initially. So she had a job with a, a large local company here in Waterloo technology company. Um, she was a project manager and did very well. And she made the decision to actually quit her job and, and dabble in, in real estate and real estate investing and uh, wanted to, you know, launch her own company. And uh, so naturally I supported that being passionate about business and, and just about us as individuals growing and being the best version of ourselves. Um, so I supported her in that. And then of course, uh, that was in 2012 and in 2015. So a few years later, uh, when I came to her and actually said, Hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing. 
you know, naturally it wasn't an easy decision and, and lots of stress involved and, and you're thinking finances and money. And while she, you know, I had benefits cause I was still employed right, right. Company, and now both of us would be entrepreneurs. And, um, but naturally she knew it was a, a passion of mine and, and I evaluated my life to, to an extreme extent, you know, understanding that I got to get on a different bus now and sit in a different seat and I like the driver's seat and, you know, so, uh, she was hundred percent supportive. And uh, she kind of returned the favor and uh, yeah, she was all in and uh, we both had the courage together, I guess, to, to take that journey and both be entrepreneurs. So, Well, it's nice that the roles were reversed. You got to do it first for her and uh, both times, I'm sure, big decisions, big challenges. Uh, and as you said, uh, like even things like health insurance, yeah. those are pretty important. And uh, in my case, my wife gets paid really well, works hard at a law firm, but no health insurance. So as an entrepreneur, you don't get that either. And so a lot of times you have to give up things that the rest of the world is enjoying, whether it's health insurance or pension plans or other things uh, to do that. So big decisions and you really do have to have the support of your spouse because income levels will go up and down, stress levels will go up and down in a sort of a bigger degree than they would if you just had a, a job because now you have a business as well you are a business owner and the pressure is higher than even just being an employee definitely and if you don't have that support of your spouse oh that's going to make things so much more stressful yeah I've, I've, I've spoken to quite a few people that um have wanted to make major decisions in their lives whether it was you know wanting to quit and start their own company or just doing other major things in their lives and have not had the support of their spouse for whatever reason. Um, and I know that the difficulties and challenges that they went through uh, without that support. So I've always known I'm, you know, I'm lucky. I'm grateful. Blessed, blessed, uh, blessed. hundred percent blessed. Absolutely. So and definitely makes life easier when you've got that partner that's, that's standing behind you. All right. You got kids? I do have kids. Yeah. I have so, a 19 year old daughter and a 16 year old son. Nice. Uh, from, a, from a previous marriage. Yeah, but when you think of the uh, the choices you've made, get into business and get into sales and, and all those things, uh, those are good examples for your kids as well because not every kid uh, has an example of a parent who's self-employed, who's in sales, uh, and who even suggests that as an option for their children. Like, you know, why would you, why go to university? Why not get into sales or get into your own business? Or uh, So not every child has that example, even to conceive of whether you openly tell them they should get into sales or, you know, look into getting into their own business. <clears throat> they see it as an example that their father did it themselves. And so it opens their mind. I think when kids have parents who are open to being entrepreneurs and making a part-time income and getting into sales, I think that opens uh, the eyes of their kids as well as to what's possible in this world as far as earning money and, and making a living. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, both my kids know that, you know, we're, we're a drastically different household than the average household. You know, they come here and, you know, mom and dad are, are going out for coffee at nine o'clock at night or not working all day and then all of a sudden doing an hour in the evening and talking about closing contracts or hey I got two more contracts I was he says you're on the golf course today how's that possible you know and uh, so definitely a different lifestyle um, my wife and I have, have started to travel recently and like within the last 10 years we've done a lot of travel and my kids know that 
I can, you know, jump on a plane and go somewhere and still run a business. And they're, they're, I mean, they're blown away at how I can do that and sustain a lifestyle that you have. And so definitely opens their eyes to possibilities and, and they realize they have choice. So definitely I'm, I love to lead by example. And um, I think that they both see distinct differences between our household and other households there that, uh, you know, are, are and again, with no disrespect to any other way of life, I believe everybody yeah. has choices. Um, but yeah, we're, we love being entrepreneurs and we love the tough times and, and the great times that, uh, that entrepreneurship comes with. Right. And it, it just happens to, as a byproduct, open up the mind of your children because they can see yeah. this. Well, look at that, traveling all over, but he can still manage a business and make sales while he's on a golf course and uh, make sales at all hours of the night or work you know, sit, sit at home playing his guitar all day and then work for three hours and make a pile of money. Uh, it doesn't always work that way, but they yeah. see, they see the possibilities of being self-employed and the benefits of it. And that's not always modeled. As you said, every family is different and no, no slight on any family. It's just, if you get to see it in real life, your parents doing it. Uh, my friend Milos, for instance, he, he is a marathoner. He runs five, six days a week. And he said, one of the major reasons I run is so that my kids can see me come in at 7 a.m. every morning just as they're waking up. And they'll never have to ask me the value of fitness or health because they see here's good old dad pounding the pavement at 5 a.m. every morning and coming in at 7. So they know the value of health and fitness because their dad is doing it. And he said, I could lecture them all day on health importance and everything. But he said, if they see me doing it, that's all the lecturing I have to do. That's it. Right. So what That's your kid, what your kids see is what they believe is could be a possibility or importance to them as well. Definitely. Well said. Nice. So uh, your website, I should have got to your website earlier. Uh, uh, there are people I'm sure in telecommunications that are going to be listening to this. So how can people connect with you? Um, well, yeah, my uh, website, strategyglobal.ca, um, is available and it's always on as websites are. Uh, so going to strategyglobal.ca uh, will connect you to a little a brief description about my company. Um, I am a Bell certified partner, so I actually resell Bell products and services. That's the sales part, and the consulting part is uh, you know, I, I consult, I have some fairly large customers, cities and hospitals, and things like that. Um, on structured cabling and unified communications we talked a little bit about. Um, so yeah, to connect with me, jump on strategyglobal.ca. I've got a contact form. It's the last tab on my website. Yeah. I've also got a contact phone number that comes directly to me. And yeah. um, they can reach out to me anytime. I've got business hours there. I try to, I, my time with my family is precious, um, but I do have customers across the country um, and in different parts of the world as well. So no, uh, right. For me, my, you know, my customers in Vancouver, for example, I might talk to them at you know, seven o'clock at night because we got a three hour difference. But Right. And you uh, got to, with Bell Canada, you got a pretty amazing <coughs> partner there, like uh, one of the oldest and most respected and largest companies in Canada uh, with amazing products. So uh, you start with a great uh, toolkit of services you can offer people and products so good for you so strategyglobal.ca uh, obviously mostly if you're in the in Canada uh, that's who you would deal with but uh, uh, 
great talking to you today, uh, uh, Kevin. I love talking about sales. I love talking about Think and Grow Rich and personal development books. And uh, sounds like you really have a good handle on life, on purpose and, and work and income and sales. And uh, it was uh, fun talking with you. It's, uh, I love talking with someone who really has their feet on the ground like you do and who realizes the value of important things in life like family and spouse and kids. And so keep up the great work, strategyglobal.ca. Uh, and uh, if you're in Canada and you have a phone or any kind of communication system, at least give Kevin a, a, a call or check him out. I'm sure he can help you out. And even if not, good guy to know, even if uh, he can't specifically help you with your needs. Thanks for joining me today, uh, Kevin. Amazing talking to you. I know you'll be doing well, and I'm looking forward to your chapter in the Sales Professionals Edition of Journeys to Success <coughs> coming out soon. That's great. Thank you very much, Tom. appreciate your time, and I look forward to many more conversations with you. Have an amazing day. Thanks so much, Kevin. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at TomTooTall.com for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.